Hey, thanks for tuning in for another episode of the Reminders Podcast. The song you're listening to in the background is my latest release. It's actually a re-release of the opening track of the Sola EP, which will also be the opening track of the Sola T album, which I've been hoping to release. Uh, I was, my goal was for that to be released this past summer, but I didn't make that happen. I could have, but it just wasn't time apparently. So I figured I'd at least put out a couple singles. So this is the updated version of that song, Good Morning. So it's including my buddy Curtis on bass, um, my friend June on upright bass, and my bandmate Ryan on drums. So this is the updated version. The Solati album has a bunch of updated versions, again, mostly with Ryan being added to the mix. Um, a few other elements added here and there but yeah so that'll be something to look forward to for spring 2023 so it's called good morning uh kind of an ironic title morning spelled with a u so basically like good grief um feeling pretty appropriate last week i had a family reunion and um in honor of my grandma who had passed about a month ago so it was her memorial and so we had family in town and you know it was just honestly a a big reminder to me how important it is to stay connected with family and i'm feeling up for the challenge to be the one to initiate that in my life you know realizing that i'm not a child i can't rely on my parents or my grandparents um to get the family together and you know to uh facilitate these connections with these people in my life um, so yeah, it's time to do that. You know, it's one thing to have the intention and I feel like I've had that intention for a while, but it's another thing to like really implement that into the infrastructure of my routine and to really practice that. So no, I'm really intending to, to carve out some space to do that. Um, so, so yeah, that's, that's kind of been on my mind. Um, that was Sunday and then Tuesday evening I had an experience where I really felt able to to process and release some some stagnant grief which is such an important process such an important um necessity that we allow ourselves i feel that in this culture it's it's really normalized to suppress our feelings to really just have little guidance when it comes to how do we even access and release our emotions in appropriate and healthy ways. So I was really grateful to be able to stumble upon an experience like that. Um, anyway, so little updates there, what's going on with me. Um, so I'm welcoming my very good friend Christian Hart onto the podcast for this episode. Uh, Christian and I have gone, we go back uh, pre-kindergarten. We met each other in like a church uh, what do they call that? Um, Sunday school. We met at Sunday school before our kindergarten year, and we went to school together from kindergarten through eighth grade. And luckily, we've stayed connected all of these years. He's living up in Michigan now, so you know we're not physically that close anymore, um, but we still catch up pretty often. And it's always like, like we had just been hanging out yesterday, that type of vibe, that type of connection. So. Christian and I are basically just vibing on this episode. We start out talking about the idea of the 100th monkey 
phenomenon where once a certain threshold is crossed of um, a species or a collective learning certain knowledge that it becomes sort of subconscious. Um, Christian's gonna explain that a little bit more. We honestly didn't get too deep into that particular part of the discussion. I think I would like to have him on to get deeper into it because I kind of wanted to um, talk about the, the mind pool in that regard a little bit more, but we touch upon a bunch of um, subjects, talking about the singularity, talking about, um, I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago, I don't really remember exactly what we got into, but it, it was it was a full, very full conversation, and it was just really good to reconnect with him, so I'll let you listen to the episode and not give too much of a preview, but yeah, thanks for being here, appreciate you listening. I don't know too many details on specifics as far as like what like exact name of the island or anything like that, but I yeah. know there was some researchers that were observing a species of monkey on an island, and it was near Japan. Okay, yeah. okay, they uh, that sounds right, <laughs> and they uh, I, I can't remember if they were giving them the the sweet potatoes or if they were just growing on the island, but they were uh, picking them up from the sand. And they were covered in sand, and they were eating them. And obviously, they, you know, they they needed to eat them for food. But they apparently one at some point or another one rolled into like a creek or some some water, and one of the monkeys like you know washed it off in the water, took it, ate it, and realized it tasted better. Like wow, with, it's got that nice it. taste, but not the crunchy sand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so then. Uh, like other monkeys started observing it because the monkey kept doing it after that. Like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna wash every one now off like this. And so other monkeys started observing it and they started doing the same thing. And they started noticing the change in how they looked at the food. Like, oh shit, he figured something out. And I think what was crazy is at some at some point it got to the point where all of them were doing it, which would make sense if they're watching each other. But I guess they started to observe it on like other islands with other species of monkey that weren't associated and couldn't have possibly observed the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so they were basically just saying that once so many of, I guess, a being that is, that I don't know, on the same frequency or something like that, they, it becomes like a collective consciousness thing where you almost just learn almost like, I, I guess the thing I would, question or kind of tie it to maybe even be like language like how how we've learned to speak and communicate you know like it could have happened on a somewhat of a level of we started just to kind of understand how to talk to each other as opposed to someone going i think this should be called orange yeah (laughs) or this should be called apple and we're all gonna and you gotta tell all your friends it's apple you know what I mean? I do. That's a really good. That's a really interesting take on it, because yeah. I don't. I don't know that we we have any knowledge as to how the origin of language really perpetrated, or, or you know, across. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I've always wondered that since being a kid. I was just like, who invented language? Like, how did that start? And I could see it being kind of what you're getting at, like almost that it was like a telepathic thing to start out. You know, and that maybe the linguistics was like a 
ex- extension of this telepathic connection that we had to one another when we were more in tuned with the earth and in tune to our community on a more primal level. I don't know. Well, that, when I hear that idea, it made me think about, I think it was uh, Nikola Tesla had said that with kind of just talking about like Wi-Fi and like a, like a, oh, like electric connection, you know, mm-hmm. like connecting the earth and saying that w- once we have connected the entire world, like the entire planet, then the planet will be able to like think for itself and become like a living being itself almost. Mm. And yeah, it's really, really weird how he described it, but I like to think that it's like it, because I think, I think, I don't know if this was a theory of his specifically, but I think it was something maybe I was reading or just maybe thinking about, but, uh, so, you know, I'm not sure trying to take credit for it or anything, but, uh, like I was just, I, I was, whatever it was, was basically talking about how if all humans, you know, became on that same frequency where, you know, we were all kind of like thinking the same or whatever, or on that same level. Cause right now it's definitely not the case. There's a lot of chaos and people, you know, hate each other or whatever. But if we all like, you know, we're on that same frequency, then we wouldn't even need to speak to each other. We would speak telepathically, you know, so if that was the case at, ever, at, at any point in time in history and we came from that, then I guess it wouldn't be so far-fetched to think that like, oh, well, we had language that we just created in our minds to each other. And then now we don't have that, but we do have still the ability to like sure. speak and express that individually, sure. but not as a collective anymore. So you're making me think of a few things. Um, first of all, the last thing that you're getting at sort of feels like, you know, the singularity. A lot of people think about evolution and time in general as if it's a linear thing, but we know mathematically that's not true. You know, uh, even the Big Bang, that idea, like that's, it's it's more of a poetic idea than it is like a physical um, thing. The more we find out, the more mm-hmm. it begin, begins to look more of a metaphorical thing rather than an actual beginning of existence. Um, time not being linear it's more of a spiral and um i i can't break that down in a way that is any is any in any way scientific but what i'm the sequence (laughs) i mean it's all tied together man yeah just fractal nature of existence in general um but related to to what you brought up the reason why i thought about the singularity so like you know what the singularity is right Maybe for the benefit of the podcast, I'll just explain it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just to give the gist of it. So the singularity is this idea that technology is growing at an exponential rate because we use the technology of today to create the technology of tomorrow, and it's becoming. I mean, just I mean the way that you and I have witnessed in our life in our short lifetimes, uh, the the boost and you know from going from uh, you know landline telephones to basically having little laptop computer devices that we carry around in our pockets i mean we can see that chips are getting smarter and smaller you know and those chips are creating the chips of tomorrow right so the Mm -hmm. idea that it's it's exponential um so the the curve of growth if you were to chart it out it would be it would it started like this but then it gets closer to this and this is the wall right so the singularity is the point where it's exponential it's it's infinitely close 
to the maximum and infinitely like they become one essentially and it's mm. the idea that the singularity is basically the idea that the creator and the creation become one and to me that feels like how it all started right so i think this whole life thing is a journey of pretending to be separate from our divine nature of just simply being we're becoming people we're becoming separate entities whereas in reality we are everything that is we are the witness to all that is etc so the idea of us moving towards a singularity it's it's more that we're moving back towards our origin you know mm. evolution isn't linear it didn't start that you know I don't even know how to describe what a linear evolution would look like, but it's, you know, I, I feel that we're, we're um, both expanding from center and also returning to center. Mm -hmm. If center is the metaphor for, you know, the God self or the, uh, the, the empty, vast canvas of the void that holds everything, right? Because yeah. we know on a scientific level that there's more empty space than there is actual matter. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like that's closer to our true identity is the empty space. If that makes any sort of sense. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's why there's the feeling of infinity in, in like the, the experiences I've had that have been, you know, crazy have, have made me feel this just like dreadful infinity. Like, like time doesn't end. There is no end to any of this. Like it's, it'll just loop back around, you know, <laughs> like, and I don't know if, if I've seen that in a, a literal sense or if it's just more of a metaphor, I think it's probably just metaphorically like explaining to me what, how it works, but that's the way I viewed it. But I, I do, I definitely resonate with that thought and feel that I've just, I don't know, felt that on my own, you know, without seeing something outside or shown to me that was like, Oh yeah, this is what I'm trying to explain to you. It was more like, I need to tell somebody about this. <laughs> like, I just figured this out, you know? <laughs> yeah, man, totally. And that, you know, that just reminds me like, that's, that's why I call this podcast reminders because a lot of the stuff that I have to say really won't resonate with people that haven't already had firsthand experiences of the things that I'm talking about. Otherwise it just sounds like a crazy hippie just going on about blabble, yeah. you know? That's but like when you talk about it most of the time. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> But, you know, when we've had these experiences, whether it be in meditation or through psychedelics or through, uh, you know, deep connection with a loved one or something, you know, I mean, these, it can happen in spont spontaneous moments too. just this dropping into presence, right? And that's, that's all I'm really getting at is presence. And that's that empty space. Presence isn't a thing, you know, it's not a molecule. It's not a a piece of matter even pieces of matter aren't real they're elusive we know that through mm -hmm. quantum physics research you know so life is a very mysterious strange thing and i feel like we're still normalizing talking about these things in ways that um, we don't immediately just shut them down as woo type stuff or you know just hippie talk or whatever um so i think that's that's a really exciting facet of quantum physics in particular is that it's really pulling the rug out from the mainstream idea that like this is a solid reality i mean sure we learned in physics class in school that like yeah our hands in this table is made up of molecules that are actually just dancing really fast so it appears to be solid 
but we know that it's really not. It's really a, these moving things. And it's just from this vantage point, this dimension of experience that we're experiencing them as a slow vibration of solid matter. But then on the quantum level, it just gets exponentially crazier than that. It's like, no, there's really even atoms. There's no, there's no basic building block of reality. There's just potentiality of sparks of consciousness, essentially. I mean, that's obviously a artsy way of saying it, but um, yeah. I'm not a physicist, so I can't really speak in any way other than metaphor and poetics and stuff. Yeah. Do you ever feel like you can see things like the molecules that make up, up things? Uh, as like far as like long enough that it looks like it's oh, digitalized. Yeah. yeah. Did you, you say digitalized? Like kind of like fuzzy like 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 remember like snow on the tv like yeah. the static on the tv uh -huh. or whatever yeah like like you stare at something long enough and you start to see that or you know would you do you think that that's just your eyes just straining or something or do you think that you're actually seeing the molecule like the molecules just swirling it could be both but i i think that you know especially like you know, psychedelics is an obvious tool that a lot of people are finally familiarizing with, and that's like a shortcut to seeing that. You know, that's why people say, like, oh, the visuals, like, the walls were breathing, man. It was so funny. Yeah. You know, but that's like, it's is it a hallucination, or is it these certain molecules are... <laughs> <laughs> Or is it, you know, through the help of uh, collaborating with plants or what other, whatever other kind of molecules or chemicals that they slow down the brain or open up channels or, or create connections on a more conscious level? You know, because that's a lot of what we see in brain scans of people on psychedelics is that both halves of the brain are connecting in ways that usually only happen in like deep sleep and meditation and stuff like that. So usually we're kind of like only identifying with one half of the brain or the other. And so in these states of mindfulness and meditation or on psychedelics or whatever, in these fully present moments, our brain's connecting in a whole brained way. And that's what gives us the ability to like not identify so deeply with our thoughts and feelings, but we're more so witnessing what's happening. And that's also, I mean, we know this again, from a scientific point of view, we know that our visual field is only picking up a tiny fraction of the actual electromagnetic spectrum. And we also know that our brains don't, we're not, I'm not seeing this as it is. We're jumping to conclusions on a brain level. We, we, we pick up just enough information to fill in the gaps. Have you heard that type of idea before? Um, I, I, I don't know if I'm going off topic by talking about the eyes, but is that, are you talking That's about what I'm the eyes? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always wondered about making your eyes dilate, allowing more light to come in, which would be unnatural because your eyes would, your eyes would get small, your pupils would get smaller when more sunlight is, is there. Right. Because it's trying to protect it. Mm -hmm. But when you do LSD, your pupils get huge. And it allows that light to come in no matter what. And so I feel like it's just changing the, you know, how you see things. And I feel like it's not necessarily not real. It's just a different perspective because now you're just opening your pupils to be able to see more that's there that you wouldn't normally be able to see. Right. It's kind of hacking the system. It's like putting in a cheat code, you know. Yes, correct. 
you know, in a game. You can't normally, you can't just do, you can't, and it's, it's almost like, and, and, it, and it not seem cliche, but it's opening your eyes. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you, you'd think like, oh, you know, but it's literally opening your eyes to be able to allow your brain to see things that you would never be able to see before. Yeah, and opening your ego to, uh, again, be aware of things that usually the ego goes to sleep for, if that makes any sense. Like, I mean, yeah. we're, we're basically... Uh, we're basically tripping every time we go to sleep and, and, and have dreams, right? But the ego falls asleep in that process. <laughs> Sorry, what'd you say? I dream all the time. <laughs> yeah, dude, no doubt. Well, that's that's kind of my whole life philosophy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and to that point, like, dude, yeah, it does kind of go on forever. And I don't, I'm still orienting myself and what I'm supposed to do with this information. You know, because from a Buddhist standpoint, the idea is to try to graduate from this game of infinite experience the demigod yeah that demigod makes me think of like gnosticism but the way i my limited knowledge of buddhism is that they call basically uh this infinite wheel of existence you know that infinity that i know you've experienced um they call that samsara and it's it's the yeah it's the cycle of birth and rebirth and all that stuff and, and so you can level up or you can level down depending on how you live your life. Within the game. But ultimately, <laughs> their their pursuit is to achieve Buddhahood, which is to be not identified with the spirals of ego at all. To totally transcend it. To be back in the light purely. To be, to be one with the light rather than to be identified with the forms of that arise and fall within the light of awareness. What's up? Uh, I, I just have this picture that I think has that symbol on it where it shows like the path of the Buddha or whatever, you know? Mm, gotcha. I think but, about that meme that you, you've sent me in the past where it's like all these people walking towards like out of the womb and back into like the womb of death. Do you remember that image that like goes around on the internet? You know what I'm talking about? It's with the, like the death and life, and it's like a baby, and yeah. then it goes a grown man. Uh huh. It's on. It's the background on my laptop. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't use the laptop anymore, so it's just always going to be the background. So I don't change it or nothing. Gotcha. So, but every time I open it up to like, I don't know, check something on that I can only check on a computer I'm like oh yeah that was that was a cool background That's... it was from a book that was in a oh, okay. the front of a book that was some spiritual book that a buddy showed me at a music festival oh. and it was like it was like uh, the back of the cover when you opened it up in the first page it was like that image across gotcha and I was like what wow, really cool and then I just googled it and so I found it mm. the image nice. but I really resonated with that with that image at the time because I felt that I felt that I'd lived that loop a thousand times mm-hmm. and fast forward, you know? So I was like, man, that's, that, that was really like hit a spot for me. So I was like, yeah, that's, there's gotta be something, uh, something with that. In my opinion, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it all means, but I definitely resonate with the whole, just like, like uh, Winnie the Pooh, you know, I, I like that, that concept. And I like the, the Taoist approach. Uh, the uncarved block theory and just kind of just being completely, I don't know. It's what's the, un, what's the uncarved block theory. We explain that. Or, or just like, just when he, like, like, uh, you know, the Tao Poo. 
Yeah, you I read never that? read it. I've never read it. Oh, oh, cool. Oh, it's it's great. It's it's a short. I think it's like 137 pages or something. It's not even long. Yeah. But the way it's written is the the author is like sitting there with Winnie the Pooh on his desk, and they're talking about like, oh, remember Pooh? And or he's basically trying to explain Taoism to Pooh, and he's yeah. like, you know, uh, you are the uncarved block, and Pooh's like, what does that what does that mean? I don't know what that you know. I'm yeah. just, and he goes, oh well, let me explain it to you by using these scenarios that you've experienced to understand what he means. And he basically just tells Pooh that he's so innocent and selfless because he just only thinks about like the next thing he's going to do. Like he'll think like he, like he wakes up, I'm awake. All right. What, 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 what next? Oh, I should probably stretch. So I feel good. So that's his next thought. He's only like a, like a one track mind. Like, okay, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do my stretches. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know what, you know what happens when I do my stretches? Oh, I get hungry. I better go eat something. I'm just a mission for honey, you know? And then, it's like, okay, I've eaten and I got dressed. Okay, what to do now? Oh, maybe I'll go see my friend Piglet. Well, okay, we'll go to Piglet. And but Piglet's got something going on. Oh, you have an issue? Okay, well, let's figure it out. Let's help let's help you. I'm here. I am I'm, I'm your friend. Let's get to the bottom of this. Let's figure it out. You know, he's just always and that's the thing, he's like selfless and just unbiased and you know, just completely innocent. That's why I like uh this is gonna be a weird comparison, but uh, Goku. Dragon Ball Z. Huh? <laughs> Goku. Did you, did you say Goku? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, maybe I've already brought this up before, but, you know, he's just a, a very similar person. And in the show, there's this cloud he flies on. Actually. Hold on a second. Just... <laughs> he flies there on this cloud. Nice. It's called, it's called Nimbus, and you can only fly on it if you're pure of heart. And so that was always kind of a thing, like, you know, he was just such a, you know, it's so innocent. He, he likes to fight because it's just his natural, that's what he, what the, the being that he is, they're fighters. But he always, like, you know, the thing that makes him mad the most is when people are hurting his friends or family, right. you know. He, and even then, like, when he wants to fight, when he's not pissed off, he's like, you know, he don't want to fight anybody. You're like, oh, you're really strong. I want to, I want to fight. I want to spar against you, not to kill him or anything, but like. He's just got this like fun attitude of like, oh yeah, let's go, let's go have have a few battles together, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you're really strong, <laughs> you know? Like, like he'll give he'll give compliments to the bad guys and stuff, and, and even then, like he'll be fighting the bad guys and he'll be like, here, take this. It's like a beam that regenerates you, and he's like, why are you giving that to him? He's the bad guy. He's like, because I want to fight it at full strength. I don't want it to be unfair. <laughs> like, like you're nuts. We're trying to save the world. Right. <laughs> but yeah i've always liked to make that comparison just because like the selflessness or whatever but yeah you know it's it's just that idea of just kind of like letting go and just going with going with the flow is really what what to me comes down to yeah and like that's the hardest thing is like the society and like the the way we live like it's the it's harder for someone who lives in a city or even a suburban area that you get harder to kind of like just separate yourself from all the commotion and to really center yourself to be able to think that way. You know, someone cuts you off and all of a sudden you're pissed off and screaming and flipping off and I'm going to go cut them off now and slam on my brakes. And, you know, yeah. So the whole it's just, thing. but to, to man, I think to truly manifest that like way of just like go with the flow and, you know, help people where you can and don't like, you know, turn your head to, to just like, oh, I'm, I, I don't want to worry about that because it's an inconvenience or something. You know, if someone needs help, help them. And, 
yeah. I think that's truly the way that that life should be lived in my eyes, you know, and how that idea is for. But I, I don't know. I, I could be wrong. <laughs> no, I'm with you, man. I think, you know, the thing about this is that all of these layers are... Um, it, what am I trying to say? It gets convoluted. Like, there's complexities to all of these truths. Because we live in the land of duality, right? We have night and day. We have what we perceive and, dare say, judge as good and bad, right? Um, but in capital T truth, the way I see it, at least, uh, is, is the idea of non-duality, which is that truth is unbiased, doesn't have a preference whether we experience pain or pleasure. You know, this is a game. These things that we consider right and wrong, like, those are, those are contents within the game. And it really, it doesn't really matter because it's all just rising and falling out of the eternal void, you know? These experiences are just arising and falling. And we get to experience the experience of those contents rising and falling. And the idea of the Buddha, Buddha is that when we attach to the experiences, whether good or bad, whether we're judging or, you know, uh, embracing, you know, either way, if we're clinging, if we're attaching our identity to what is rising and falling, then that's what creates suffering. We know that we're not going to be on this planet forever. We yeah. know that the sun won't even be here forever, right? And it's like, can we dance in this energy with flow like you're getting at or are we going to resist it so the idea of flow on one hand it's like yeah let's just go with the flow but kind of to your point there's a deeper flow there's a deeper flow than just going with the current of the mainstream i'll put it that way right that's just mm -hmm. going with the flow if I don't think for myself and just, you know, do what everyone else is doing, you know, but maybe there's a deeper flow, a deeper intuition whispering to me, trying to get through all of my programmed and habitual thoughts, which leads me back to the hundredth monkey. Make sure I come back to that because I think that's very tied in here. Um, so it's, it's like we can, we can learn to practice and become skillful with flowing even deeper with the natural harmony of the universe, right? Because the universe, mm -hmm. even though it may seem chaotic, there is, a, there is a divine order to it. And we come from that. We are that. We literally are that. And our seemingly chaotic human organization or lack of is a part of the natural flow. You know, sometimes I'm going on a tangent, but like, you know, sometimes it annoys me when people say like, it doesn't annoy me, but I'm just like, it's a semantic thing. Oh, I, I love spending time in nature. Like, I love going out to nature and like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, bro, you are nature. Like, we are nature you know like okay you can say going out to the wild or something you know but like usually it's not even the wild usually it's man-made parks right <laughs> yeah yeah no i i got you too i i i think i seen a post of someone said that the other day like oh really? i've been meaning to get back out here and connect with nature and it was like just at like a oh just out in the grass or something you know what i mean so like uh. but i get the sentiment at the same time you know yeah yeah no, that's what i mean like i feel like an asshole thinking that I'm right like, oh, what the what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, like, like, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't actually annoy me. It's, it's just semantics. But, like, I just, I think it's worth bringing that up. You know, that was something that my cousin said to me years and years ago. It was, like, the idea that, I don't know, I guess I was, like, probably griping about technology. And, you know, I was literally, like, 
a child. I was like junior high or high school. And I was like, oh yeah, technology, you know, blah, 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 blah. Just griping about it for whatever reason. And he's like, well, that's nature too, man. I mean, look at, look at the beehive. Like that's the bees technology, you know? So there's nothing outside of the divine nature of existence, you know? So even us making a huge mess of our environment, like that's, that's part of the natural flow too. But it's like, do we just stay reactionary, you know, or do we get conscious and learn to respond consciously? Like when you say, uh, you know, you get cut off on the road, like to be reactionary is to get revenge or whatever, or to get pissed off. But to like respond skillfully is to recognize that we're triggered, take a breath, witness it, notice it, forgive yourself. You know what I mean? All of these things that gives you more space to have a deeper flow into something that may be more conscious, more in harmony with, you know, because even if someone does you wrong, I mean, like you don't really want to do them wrong, do you? On a deep no. level, you don't want them to feel the pain that they've caused to you. No, you'd feel bad if you ran them off the road and they died. Right. You know, you wouldn't be like, yeah, <laughs> Christian one, sucker 20 zero. Points, 20 points to Gryffindor. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you'd feel bad about it. You'd be like, fuck, man, that wasn't worth getting angry. And like, because now you're maybe you're going to go to jail for the rest of your life, you know, like. Yeah. Was that worth it to get mad on when you were driving to work or going to the mall or Or you deleted <laughs> someone's dad or grandma or, you know, someone's loved one, you know? Like yeah. we don't want people to suffer more than they need to. So it's like Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's Absolutely. and like there's so many examples of this of this. It doesn't have to be something that serious. I mean, for me it's like literally just noticing my bad habits, you know, like and you know, uh that's a huge topic. Um, not my personal bad habits necessarily, but like addiction in general. And I feel like yeah. this is something I've spent a lot of time experiencing and thinking about and all this stuff like throughout life. And now we have, we finally have such a mainstream addiction that like we all need to be talking about it all the time, I feel like. And it's phone addiction. You know, this is something everyone can relate to. The, the, uh, impulse to constantly check, you know, and it, and it really boils down to, does anyone love me? You know, does mm -hmm. anyone want to give me attention? You know, that's, that's basically like the, the social media addiction is like boils down to that, you know, that we, we need to connect with one another. Like we need that social community, but, but we, I think it even, oh, go ahead, go ahead. no, 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 I was just riffing. Go ahead. I was going to say, I think it even goes beyond that too, though, because like for me, I'm banned so often, I can't even post anything anyways to get any reaction out of, so I'm not getting any sort of satisfaction from that sense. But I do like reading the drama, because I can't even comment when I'm banned, so I can't even in in engage at all. So and, so I don't have any sort of interaction, unless I'm on Messenger, you know, but yeah. uh, but I do get on there and scroll just to see what people are doing. And, yeah. And I like to, I mean, there's times, I don't even know how I see some of the stuff I see, but I'll see like a guy gets beat up at Walmart or something and I'll be like, oh, okay, I'll click on that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, it's, I want to, I want to see a fight and like, it's just like a weird, like desire to see like crazy shit or like, totally. It's know, the like, science of clickbait, you know? I mean, it's not, yeah. it's not accidental. Right. And, and yeah. neither is the social media platforms. I don't know if you saw the movie, the social dilemma, but, um, it, I, I, I think, yeah, because that was kind of like saying that like they purposely are oh, trying to target people to think 
certain ways or only see certain material or there was that aspect of it but also literally just I, the I dopamine. just want to make sure that was the right thing that i was watching <laughs> i watch a lot of things <laughs> yeah no i mean it, that that was definitely a part of it uh, i was talking yeah. about how like uh six to one is the ratio of fake news to accurate information and yeah, yeah. i could go on a tangent about what it what real information even is that's a that's a whole different topic yeah um, yeah i don't know that the internet's ready for that yet but um, <laughs> um there's a lot people aren't ready for <laughs> i know i know i'm realizing that i really am and that's again like it's it's a very weird thing for me to be like making a podcast to be an artist and to put any of my thoughts and feelings out on the internet it's very weird you know i'm, I'm opening myself up to People thinking I'm crazy, you know, I'm opening myself up to criticism and stuff like that. But like, more importantly, I'm opening myself up to connecting with people, you know, and for me, like, that's, that's the reason why I do it. It's because I would rather have a genuine conversation with a friend, you know, yeah. and put it on the internet so that a few other friends, while they're doing the dishes, can tune in and be like, I vibe with that. You know, yeah. like that's that's the only reason to do any of this stuff for me. But anyway, tangent over. Uh, what was I talking about? <laughs> oh, uh, social dilemma. So like they, they literally I, create these things to be addictive is what I was getting at. Like it's the same it's the same mechanics of like pulling a slot machine like, ooh, what am I going to get? You know, like refreshing your feed. What am I going to get? You know, that type yeah. of thing. And it's yeah. So it's it's totally exploited. Um, and I, I just feel like we really need to like recognize that as a community and do something about it and have more intentional community online and in real life. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Instant gratification is the word I use. Yeah. Cause it's like, it applies to so much like masturbation just as an example. Like you just get that, like, you know, that, that feeling of, you know, pleasure, you know, instantly, anytime you want. And so mm -hmm. like that can be an addiction, like porn addiction. I mean, porn, it's, yeah, it's in general. Porn. Yeah, absolutely. And, and if it rules your life, that's a problem, you know, if it's absolutely. Like, but you can't even like leave the house without, you know, having to do it in public or something because she can't help it. Like, you know, that's, that sounds like a serious thing. I've, it I've, is. I've only seen it in like, you know, TV things where it's like you know like the strange addiction type thing but gotcha. it's just you know it is definitely wild how it's strange but it's not abnormal no it's not no. uncommon is what i'm trying to say you know yeah, yeah and i i'm really grateful that i that's not a problem for me you know like when i was in high school or whatever like yeah that was one of my first addictions for sure and i'm very yeah. happy that i've been able to flush that like it's yeah it's just another it's another thing that hijacks your brain but in such a like I don't know. I mean, sex is such a beautiful, connective, sacred experience, if you ask me. And just the way that culture has perverted it in so many levels, not even talking about specifically porn, but like the it's way like that women it's... women can't even go around without a shirt on because it's like, oh, boobies. Yeah. Or, I mean, literally the way it's exploited in, in advertisements and stuff like that, you know? We oh, have a very disgusting, skewed, perverted relationship as a culture to sex and sexuality in general. Did you watch the Victoria's Secret special? Like, I think it's three or five episode. Oh, thing a, on, like, no, I don't know anything about that. Documentary about Victoria's Secret and the owner and how they've run the company and how it's just always been about exploiting women, but it's always been sold as, you know, 
oh yeah, you have this amazing opportunity and you know, you'll, you'll get noticed and you'll get money. But like a lot of these girls were being like, you know, harassed and, you know, sexually abused. And a, a big tie into this whole documentary was, it just came out recently. Was, oh, okay. uh, was, uh, that Lex, Lex, uh, what, I can't remember what his name was, Wes Lexner or something like that. Uh, the owner of Victoria's Secret was like friends with uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Oh, and God. Jeffrey Epstein on multiple occasions used uh, the Victoria's Secret name to abduct girls and, you know, use, say, I'm a, I'm a modeling agency for Victoria's Secret, you know. So, so c- you know, c- come with me. And, and like, you know, supposedly, like, when he, when the owner found out about it, he immediately, like, cut ties and told him, you know, that was wrong or whatever. But like, there's definitely just some weird stuff going on. And to think that, you know, we only know about Jeffrey Epstein, you know, who knows how many of the other guys in there were doing what. And there were some other guys who have been accused of like, you know, touching girls inappropriately and stuff like that, which I'm sure happened, you know, especially back then when it was, that's what they said. It was, it was a, you know, kind of like a frat boy environment, you know, that's how it was. And, and that's how that's that's the mentality. That's just how it was. That's just how yeah. it was. Yeah. And so that you know, they're there going is no with the wrong, flow. And there is no wrongdoing. Like that's the thing is like, well, it wasn't wrong because it was everybody knew what everybody was doing, and nobody got in trouble. So how could it have been wrong? And you and you like ingrain that in people's minds, and then they think like, you know, I don't have any voice in this, and that just happened because I put, I put myself in that situation. Whereas like, it should never have been like that. You know what exactly. I mean? And that's, yeah. I mean, you know, I was, I'm talking about addictions thinking like, oh yeah, how inconvenient, you know, to like be looking at my phone, my phone more than I need to, or tempted to eat when I'm not hungry or like, you know, drink more coffee than I need, stuff like that. But like, no, addiction really is the root of a lot of evil. If we want to use those terms, I mean, a lot of dark stuff in our world, a lot of shadow. And I'm, I'm just going to go to the very depths of it. I think that the the biggest addiction that we have that is truly a detriment to the health of the planet and to our existence is greed. I think that's what it boils down to is this idea that we need to hoard resources because of this scarcity mindset, this idea that there won't be enough tomorrow, you know? And I think that's what the most wealthy financially speaking, uh, perhaps the poorest, spiritually speaking, uh, of us out there, you know, I think that's, that's what it boils down to is this greed and ambition. And like, I don't, you know, I don't get into the conspiracy circles too much. Like I just, it's not the the information that I want to be percolating in my mind. Um, so I don't, I don't necessarily even feel that it was a nefarious agenda or something like that. You know, sure. That that's an option and the infinite way of perceiving reality. Sure. That's definitely an option. But, you know, I think that it, it could have been just normal pursuit, you know, of just yeah. humans doing what they did. I mean, they, they humans became, you know, we've always been nomadic, but then we became a, uh, in the agricultural revolution, we started to settle down. And within that settling, there was still expansion. So there was still like dominating other people's settlements and like this, this mentality that we always need more. And I think that's just really what it boils down to. And ultimately, yeah, well, even, Ru- even Russia right now trying to take over Ukraine because I they know. think it's theirs. 
they've just been waiting all this time. I can't wait to go take over Ukraine. Like it's absolutely nuts, man. I mean, it's 2022. Like we're still playing this game of risk with people's actual yeah, lives. That's what I thought. Risk. <laughs> it's insane, dude. It is absolutely insane. So anyway, you know, I obviously have no idea how to solve the problem of world greed, but I, all I can do or attempt to do is start to curb my own greed, you know, not take more than I need, not eat more than I need, you know, not, you know, whatever. And to balance the scales, give, give more than I take, or at least as much, you know, yeah. those sort of things. And I, I do believe that reality is a mirror that, that the external world is a mirror of our internal state. So I think the more that we clear our shadows, the more we'll see other people clearing their shadows out there. And I think that that is one very valid way of enacting change in the world is to change ourselves. But that's one thing to say it, it's another thing to do it. And I'm mm -hmm. definitely still struggling to make that change. And I feel that part of the reason is that I can't expect myself to do things differently if I don't change anything in my environments. What I mean to say is like if I'm still engaging in my relationships the same way, if I'm still in the same physical environment, you know, if I wake up in the same room in the same bed, why do I expect myself to have any like space to make different choices unless I create structures, some sort of accountability, you know? Or literally, you know, I mean, it's different. If I go camping for a weekend, I wake up and I'm, I'm a different person than when I wake up in my own house, you know? Yeah. Because we have habitual energy. That's the type of creatures we are. We're habitual creatures, you know? We tend to do the things that we did yesterday. So, I don't know. I think that's something that I'm really, like, calling into my life right now is accountability, you know, with other people. And I've been even, like, brainstorming ways of, like, creating an accountability uh circle like on the discord server i don't know if i've talked to you much about that at all a little bit yeah did you get that launched at all or did yeah it's up it's up yeah we've got a little server on discord and uh still trying to build it up trying to get people to you know help me build it up so it's not just me spamming shit but yeah. uh you know i, I thought feel like you asked me about that but i don't know if i just forgot about it or i can't remember yeah um, I can't remember how deep we talked about it. I think I might have just texted you about it, but yeah, it's there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, do you use Discord at all? I uh, I don't, but I have it. Like, I think I've used it before briefly, yeah. but it's just not something that I'm on at all ever. But right, you know, it, right. I could be on it. But <laughs> yeah, it's always hard to get people to download a new app just to do like some weird thing. But like for the people that are already on Discord, like I've I've got some people into the the server and everything. But I just think you know. And it's uh, obviously not a fully baked uh, strategy or idea yet, but I, I feel like it could be one avenue for having more intentional community. Like I'm in a few different Discord servers and, uh, you know, I tend to spend more time in there than I do in Facebook. I mean, I, I really don't use Facebook really anymore. I use Messenger. I use Instagram a little bit, but I'm not really interacting with people that much on Instagram, you know? So I, I get on Discord and, like, I actually interact with humans who have, like, shared interests and stuff. And then I get on TikTok and entertain myself and find bits of information. And that's, like, that's probably the most addictive uh, social platform is TikTok. Because it is literally that just, like, 
roulette wheel. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to get. That's and it why could... I, don't, I didn't even go there. Yeah, it's, it's, there. it's not even worth it. But uh... <laughs> I remember you telling me to do it. <laughs> I've changed my stance. Just join my Discord. I'll send you all the good ones. <laughs> it's not worth getting into. I mean, for most people, it is it is really not worth it. But if you tailor the algorithm enough, like there is really good, there are really good videos on, on TikTok that are, you know, talking about life enriching stuff, you know, doing shadow work and stuff and whatever else. And there's a lot of great ideas, but it's just like, it comes back to the infotainment aspect of the yeah. way that most people in, engage with the internet and the world right now is that we're just entertaining ourselves with info rather than actually learning things, like actually like experiencing something in depth, you know, like reading a full book or listening to a whole song, let alone a whole album, you know, like who does, who does that anymore? Just old school cats. You're passionate about at least, you know, what's that? Or something that you're passionate about at least, you know, like, for, like, Oh, I really enjoy this, this topic. I want to go and learn more about it instead of just scrolling through and going, Oh, that sounds interesting. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That sounds interesting. That's cool. Be like, Oh, I want to seek out this information about like, Oh, piano. I'd like to learn how to play piano or I'd like to learn how to, you know, build a shed or something or, you know, yeah. who knows. I mean, you're right. <laughs> you know, there's still people with passions, but you got to remember, man, like we're, uh, we're not the, the newest generation anymore. Like the young kids these days, like, I don't know, man, it's gotta be tough for them. Like I can only imagine growing up in school with TikTok. Like you would, you would feel left out if you didn't have it. And if you did have it, you're going to be addicted and you're going to be consuming a lot of trash, you know? Yeah. Even when, even with AIM, like I remember like wanting to see if my friends were online, you know, and you'd hear the, the, the door open, I think is what the sound was. And someone was logging in. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. I did just hit, it just came in my brain right now. So so I didn't even expect that, but unlocking memories. Uh, yeah, and then it would just it would slam shut when someone would leave. <laughs> Bye, suckers. G two G, gotta go. Yeah. <laughs> I think they still use that, but <laughs> but uh, just like the addictiveness of that, like oh, like asking mom and dad, oh, can I get on the computer? Like, I, I want to see if my friends are online, and then just saying like, hey, what's up? Oh, not much. What's up with you? Oh, not much. Just sitting here <laughs> talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> crickets for five minutes i gtg <laughs> i mean that was pretty much the extent of it i feel like maybe yeah. some other people were having more in-depth conversations but i feel like i was just like this is more the factor of like oh i have this cool thing that everybody else has you got your own cool screen name and yeah even myspace and stuff was definitely the beginning of like my individuality that i get to share with everybody else you know and in a way that could be productive but it all, all in, uh, I think, uh, was it moderation? All yeah. in moderation. Anything can be good in moderation. <laughs> right, right. And I believe that, you know, I mean, obviously, like I said, it's a very weird thing that I'm even creating content, if you want to put that way. I mean, that is what it is. We're creating a podcast, you know, like I'm creating something to put on the internet, you know, so yeah. it, it is ironic in that way. But like, to your point, like, I, I do feel like there are things worth sharing, but I think part of what, what, what I feel called to share is reminders for people to get back in the real world. Like actually do what fuels your soul, like that you actually feel grounded doing, you know, get off the internet. Like, yeah, let's, let's, 
let's use Facebook to share invites to events, you know? Let's uh, get on TikTok to find something inspiring and then stop and then implement it into your life, you know, like stuff like that. And I'm, I'm obviously like, I'm still trying to get into that habit. Like I have a whole folder, a playlist, as they call it on TikTok of shadow work videos that like videos that I know would change my life if I actually sat down and implemented the information that they're talking about. But I, instead, yeah. it's just I'm still kind of like in the, you know, the chasing the next thing uh, to be entertained. And, you know, it's that dopamine stuff. So anyway, like, you know, obviously we could blab on about this forever. We all know the uh, the shadows of social media. We all know at this point what it's like to have our brains hijacked by too much dopamine from unnatural sources or artificial sources. Um, so, yeah, what are we going to do about it? I was reading a little... One one thing that I can uh, pat myself on the back about is that I've been trying to get back into a morning routine. Yeah. So I'll wake up, and instead of getting on my phone right away, like I have been in the habit of doing, uh, you know, I'll hydrate, I'll drink lemon juice, and I'll go outside, and I have a journal that I'll write down things that I'm grateful for. And then I do another thing in that journal, and then I also have been reading a little bit of this book, and the one I'm reading right now is called New Earth by Eckhart Tolle. And what he was talking about just this morning in the book was um, addiction. So it was pretty synchronistic uh, in, that, in that regard. He was talking about when you feel an impulse to do something, to catch yourself and take three deep breaths. And literally by just creating that space, you know, to create space between us and our thoughts, us and our physiological com compulses or impulses um, that that may dissipate it. It may not, you know, and if, and if it doesn't, you know, don't judge yourself, but notice, just be in that witnessing mode. And that's, that's a very skillful place to be is to witness the dream of our lives rather than to be asleep to the dream, you know? And then we wake up and realize it was a dream, right? Like, dang, I was taking all that so seriously. Like I could have been having so much fun but I was fretting about all this BS, you know, it turns out it was just a dream. You know, who's to say that that's not what's happening right now. So it's like, if we can just be lucid to the experience, be aware of what's happening, witnessing yeah. it rather than identifying with it. So, you know, that's one thing for me to try this week. And again, it's a practice, like you have to build up that skill, you know, but hard. it's hard, it's hard. <laughs> Uh, but who knows? Maybe it's the simplest thing in the world. Once we actually surrender to it and just do I it. Think the, I think the answer is simple. What you need to do is simple. Just applying it is the hard part. And, and being able to keep yourself on track because it's easy enough to like get a good week. It's like working out. Like If you're one of those people that, like me, where I was working out for like nine months at one point, and I was doing it five days a week. And I didn't nice. stop, you know, but when I did stop, I stopped and I haven't done it in a year or two, you know, mm -hmm. and it's and maybe in the past year or two, I've gone three or four times to the gym and, you know, I, I could, I could still run a mile, you know, with, you know, at, at a good pace without stopping. And I was like, okay, but then, you know, I'm sore the next day. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, and it's not even that it's just like, I'm just like, oh, maybe I'll rest today and I'll start again tomorrow. And then. I just get distracted and then I'm like a week goes by and I'm like, oh, I never really stuck with that. 
you know, because I didn't really put things into effect that were going to keep me there. I think that's important too. You have to really set yourself up for success and give yourself the chance to be to, to succeed and be like, okay, I'm going to have a schedule. I'm going to set timers. I'm going to, you know, at nine o'clock, I'm going to do this or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to eat these specific foods to make sure that my body's getting nutrition it needs and to even have the energy to be able to want to do these other things. Cause exactly. I feel like if you start with those things, you make the healthy choices and then you just want to keep making healthy choices, you know, but the second you eat that greasy cheeseburger, you just want to go sit on the couch and watch a movie and maybe a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> literally, dude, literally. That's that's why, you know, uh, the morning routine has been so important for me because the way we break our fast, our, our uh, diet fast and our dopamine diet fast, you know, the, the first thing that we do that's going to give us dopamine, we're going to want to do that all day. So if we immediately open our phones first thing in the morning, we're going to want to return to the phone for the dopamine for the rest of the day. If we break our fast with, you know, dare say donuts, we're going to want donuts the rest of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, but if we break it with fruit, you know, it might not be that we want to eat fruit the rest of the day, but at least like you said, we're setting ourselves up for success, you know? So like the morning routine, literally taking time just to hydrate, to do something for my health first thing in the morning. That's one way that I can set myself up for success. And I'll readily admit there's been plenty of days where I'll do a morning routine and then like, go right back into other dumb stuff, you know, but like at least to have something to get us started, you know, and then that's to your point, that's the hard work is to, I think I love the way that you framed it, that the answer is easy. Um, I'm going to expand on that. Like, I feel like you're right. Like the actual thing, it is very simple to just be here now, right? It is actually very simple to be aware of our breath to follow the breath in and out to, to witness that space. Cause that's our natural state. What's difficult yeah. is clearing out all of the habitual mental energy. So to it's, it's difficult to get out of our own way, but to your point, the more that we practice that, the easier it becomes, Yeah, you know, and it is worth doing. And then you enjoy it. You really yeah. want to do it. When I was working exactly. out nine months, I was, I was able to run like six miles in an hour. I was, wow. I lost, I lost 50 pounds. I was like 180 pounds. I think is what I weighed. I felt great. I was eating. I, I, I the first month I started working out, I guess I'll just tell this a little bit to kind of elaborate. Uh, first month I started working out when I was, I, I'm back to that weight I was before I did all that. So I'm like 250 again. And gotcha. I was then, and I was depressed. And I, and this is before I was with Angela and I was just like, Oh, I'm never even going to meet anyone. If I, don't like look good and all that. And so I started going to the gym five days a week and running, but I was eating like Taco Bell once a day and I wasn't even eating a lot of it. It was just like a meal at Taco Bell with like a medium pop. And I would just eat that for dinner and I wouldn't eat throughout the day. And I lasted about a month and I felt like my body was shutting down and my, and my brain was like craving like raw green vegetables. And Mm -hmm. so like, I was like, I need to go get food. And I went to the grocery store and I think I bought like Turkey ground Turkey and broccoli and I was just like cooking broccoli and ground turkey every day and I was eating it and I was like really feeling like nourished. And I, I call it dog food because I feel like it's like, I think we used to give it to the dogs for Thanksgiving, Steve's dogs. And uh, he would just do ground turkey with like, you know, veggies and stuff. Yeah. And so that's, so that's a pretty good meal for a dog. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and I would just like <laughs> sprinkle cheese on it and sometimes some ketchup. And uh, yeah, I would eat that mostly 
all day, every day for like the nine months that I was doing that. And yeah. I felt great. And I, I, I wish I, I, I need to get back to that. Like I honestly, I, I'm trying to figure out now how I'm going to, you know, make things happen to where I can successfully want to do that stuff without finding reasons not to, but you know, and right. it's, I feel like I am at least decluttering my life everywhere else that I'm kind of getting back to that point. Good. So like, you know, like we're getting hella fresh dinners every other week. And so we get three every other week and they all come at once. And so like, you know, that week or whatever, we'll, we'll, we'll make those. And you, are you familiar with how yeah. that works? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so it's like, you know, cooking, actually cooking dinner and, and it's usually always good food. I've never had anything I didn't like. It was, nice. I mean, honestly, they're all really good. And, uh, and no repeats of anything. I don't think there's ever anything that repeats like as far as the recipe goes. So gotcha. And we've been in the in the off weeks when I go grocery shopping. I've been finding myself buying like vegetables and stuff that I wouldn't normally buy, like cucumbers and stuff that I'm cooking with and stuff that I'm like, oh yeah, I know how to cook all this stuff because I learned from making all these Hello Fresh meals. You nice. know, so uh, that's awesome. And so that I feel like is getting me in a point now where. I, I don't, I don't eat fast food anymore. I haven't eaten Taco Bell or McDonald's or anything like that in months. Good for like you, six man. Months, and I haven't lost any weight, but, <laughs> like but at still. least I'm making better choices in the, in the food that I'm eating. And I feel like that was a big thing for me, whereas it was just so easy just to go get dealt like, because I drive all the time. So like yeah. now I'm packing lunches and stuff. But before right it was like, this is just, it's too, it's too stressful to worry about that. I'm just going to stop at McDonald's or, you know, and so it's too easy to, to go to fast food, you know? They make it so easy. And it's cheap. It's cheaper yeah. than everything else. It's like, you know, unless you're... like I mean, I realize when you go to the grocery store and buy, like, a big bag of spinach, you're going to make it last. You can eat quite a few salads that would definitely be cheaper than going and getting salad at Wendy's or something like that, right. you know? So when I, when I really thought about it, I was like, okay, I am really just screwing myself health-wise and money-wise by you know, doing all this dumb shit with, with food mm-hmm. and, you know, occasionally I'll treat myself. I'll go to Culver's. You ever been to a Culver's? Never heard of it's, it. It's kind of like a, it's kind of like a steak and shake as far as like their, their burgers, like butter burgers. Okay. But it's, it's, it's like a fast food place ran like they run Chick-fil-A. Okay. Where there's way too many workers and they're really fast. They're really efficient. All fresh ingredients though. It's like, it's a really, really well run fast food place. It's gotcha. great. Right and on. so we, we do that occasionally, but that's usually like a once a month type thing. Even. Yeah. But yeah, I feel like those were all things that I had to do that, that are, and I feel like I'm even getting closer and closer to a point where I can be like, okay, maybe I can go work out, get into a routine of doing that now that I have all this other stuff as just, it's just routine now. So like all this other stuff is like, I'm just used to it. So it's, I don't feel like I'm going out of my way to like, oh, I'm going to go get groceries to make this dinner. And then I got all these dishes. I just, start, that was a thing me and Angela used to fight about were dishes. Now I feel like I just come home and go, oh, there's dishes. I can't cook dinner tonight if I don't have dishes, so I'm going to do these dishes. And I just want to do them. I just like want to just constantly be able to keep that up because I can't keep up that other part of my life with being able to cook for myself if I have all these dirty dishes just sitting around. Exactly, you know? yeah. So I've just been getting in the routine of just knowing that this needs to be taken care of in order for this to happen. And like Now that it's just normal, I don't get upset about it. I don't dread it. I'm not like, oh, now I got to go do the dishes or I got to get, you know, yell at each other to go do them or something like that it just gets done you know right yeah man that's and, that's such a good and i feel point. like we're helping each other too i feel like it's like oh i'm gonna get these done before she comes home or she'll be like 
now that I do that, she's like, oh, I'm going to eat them the last three nights. I'm going to get them done before. So it's like, I'd rather fight about helping each other than fight about who's not helping. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, man. Exactly. So it's kind of cool, like that it, that it works out that way. <laughs> yeah, and use that leverage. You know, it's like it's it's that accountability too, because you know, like when you're with someone, like you you don't want to be slacking off. Like, and if you are, then yeah. obviously that's coming from a place of depression or or whatever else. You know, so and it's I'm like, guilty of that. Oh I'm yeah, so me too. No doubt. No doubt. It's so, it's it going like. I just don't want to do anything, but then she's doing everything. And it's like, well, I just, I'll do some later. No, well, you're not helping. You're just sitting there doing nothing now. Yeah. It's like, yeah, exactly. but I'm feeling away. But it's like, yeah, at some point you got to realize that are you always just going to be feeling away? Because, <laughs> like, you, just, you're, you know, you can always find a reason to feel like a True. depressed shit, you know, because <laughs> that's how I feel a lot. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I totally get that. But again, like, it's the complexities. Like, there's no black and white, like, you know, easy. You know what I'm saying? Like sometimes that's the that's the difficult part of being in a community is that sometimes we our energy levels are opposite. You know, sometimes it's time for me to rest, sometimes it's time for Kara to rest. If we're not both in a motivated, high energy state, we just have to respect that from one another, not like, hey, get your lazy ass up and help me. You know, like that literally yeah. happened like two days ago. I had no energy. And you're right, like I, I could have kicked myself in the ass and be like, dude don't be so lazy. You know what I mean? But like, I, that's just not where my energy was. And Kara would, did not at all give me crap for it. Like she just respected that it just wasn't what I was doing that day. Meanwhile, she was like decluttering the whole office and just like, she was on a roll and like, that was great for her. And I, you know, helped out a little bit and stuff, but like that was the general energy dynamic. So it's like, you know, that's, that's part of it is being self-honest. And like, if yeah. I was truly self-honest, I could admit, and I, I mean, I was, admitting that I was clearly de depressed in that moment, you know, but like go a little deep, a little bit deeper. Like, am I going to do something about it? Or am I just going to stew in it? You know? And that's the problem. So like, you know, just to tie this all back, man, like accountability, you know, f to your point, like building structures, the infrastructure. And part of that is accountability. Part of that's community, you know, and the other part of its environment. Another part is motivation. What literally motivates you? You know, when it comes to working out, you were motivated by wanting to be in a relationship. Now you're in a relationship. So now you need a different motivation to work yeah, out. Yeah, right? that's a good point too. That's you got to be clear too. about that, you know, and, and, and stoke that fire in any way that you can, you know. And anyway, and then the, the shadow side of it is, again, we're, we're, we're denying ourselves from having access to motivation when we're constantly scrolling and using up all of our dopamine. If we use up all of our dopamine on social media, we're not going to have motivation to do other things. Or whatever else it may be, you know, to your point earlier, yeah. it could be literally anything. I will say too, real quick, that it's important not to get too addicted to the good things because I was addicted to working out. I was working out five days a week. Sometimes I'd throw a six day in there if I was, if I was feeling it. I'm not hurting today. I'm not sore. My muscles don't hurt. So why not? Why not yeah. get it again? And that can be bad. I, I really was like craving. One, oh, I, I have to go to the gym. Oh, I can't. Sorry, I can't hang out. I got to go to the gym. I gotta work out. Right on. You know, almost. I feel like that could have even developed into like a, uh, like a body issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? I felt like if I gotta maintain this look, or I gotta keep losing weight, or I gotta keep. And that's where I was. Like, I never got to a point where I where I felt like I had lost all the weight. I felt like I still needed to go like fifteen or twenty pounds more. Yeah. And I don't know how. I don't. I don't know how that would have gone. I don't know if I would have gotten 20, 30 pounds more and then gone. This isn't enough. 
I gotta go more. I gotta go more. Cause I know sometimes that is a, a, a mental thing where it's like, you don't really know. You think that you need to get skinnier, but you're, you're already, yeah, <laughs> yeah, skinny, yeah. you know, no, that's so, a really great point to, to so again, back to moderation. what you said before moderation. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> Cause you know, I think you and I are similar in that. I mean, we're, we're like days apart from our birthdays. We're both Sagittarius and stuff. Like, I don't know if that's a Sagittarius thing, but like, I think both of our personalities that we get very into the things that we're into. Yeah. you know and use that like leverage that to your benefit because obviously there's positives to that and there's negatives to that so like leverage like if you know that you're going to get really into something like leverage that make it healthy things but then also yeah. however you can like just have other things that you're also obsessed with that are also healthy you know that you want to balance out i want to do both of those things i want to also see my friends you know yeah. i don't want to tax my body too much by overworking myself whatever it may be you know what i mean but uh, real quick, cause uh, we we've got to I've got to go to a lesson here in a minute. Um, just to wrap it all up, uh, first I want to make a quick point about the hundredth monkey effect, because I feel like that is happening all the time. Like we are we are in a collective mind, and I probably don't have enough time to go into detail on this, but we can talk about it another time too. Um, you you mentioned earlier that you know obviously you said something like clearly we're not all on the same page there's so much chaos but that's a vibration man that's a vibration that we're all kind of like being fed that we should be chaotic we're all being fed these fear stories the bad news all the terrible things that we see on the news and and social media and stuff and that that's a collective vibe right now we we are kind of like being programmed in that sense so i think what you and I and people like us, like, I feel like part of our mission is to tip that scale other ways, like to have so much trust in our own individual self that we trust each other. We, we continue to like make that the thing, make trust and whatever other, you know, gratitude, like making things like that, the norm and normalizing that in our own, in our first, the, the community of all the cells and molecules that make up me. That's the first community I have to worry about. Then the next community is you, you know, my best friends and my family and the, you know, the people that I vibe with, like, let's all get on this vibration of trusting and not being in the fear because we all know, we all know what happens when we're, when we're in fear, we become weak, we become easy to control and there, whether we like it or not, there are, you know, institutions out there that, that want to harness our energy just like they have been for hundreds of years. So it's time for us to like actually like stand up and, and tip the scales. So that's just a real quick thing I want to say real quick. But um, I like to end these uh, by asking if there was anything that you wanted to highlight from the conversation, anything that just stood out to you that you wanted to reiterate, or if there was something that you wanted to say that you didn't get a chance to say. Um, no, I think uh, I think like like you already said the. The, uh, the hundredth monkey theory kind of applies to so much that we could probably talk for hours about how it intertwines to all of this. And I think it's just a good stepping stone to understanding more than what meets the eye. So I think it's def- just an important thing to always acknowledge and recognize as a, as a theory, just because without it, you know, you do just sort of fall into what you said before, like just the standard flow of things as opposed to like the deeper flow. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that is the deeper flow is going, oh, this does exist. You know, I can control the current. You know, I'm in here following, you know, the current, but, oh, there's a fork. I can go left or right if I want to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that kind of 
like a there's a fallen log up there on the right. Maybe I should go left. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you just go whichever direction. You're right into the log, and now you're stuck. Now you're stuck. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you don't know why. Right. You know. Right. <laughs> and the stuckness never never lasts forever. To be to be clear, like I don't believe yeah. in that. I don't believe in that sort of hell vibration that we'll, we could ever truly be stuck for eternity. I think that no. the energy is always moving and everything. But yeah, I get stuck in my life. I get stagnant, you know. But that's not the end of my story, you know. So the same thing for the collective. Sure. And yeah, just to your point, like the the mind pool. We used to always use that that phrase, like with Stephen. That was kind of I think one of his buddies kind of coined that phrase. This idea that like we are connected. There's an invisible connection between all of our minds. Call it the yeah. mind pool. Uh-huh. Call it collective consciousness. Whatever. Like it is there. So being conscious of it. And, being conscious of what am I feeding into it? Like a lot of times, you know, I still have bad habits of thinking poorly about myself and things like that. Like I'm feeding that into the collective, you know, you could also say that's being fed into me from the collective, but either way, like I have ability to stand up for myself psychically and uh, emotionally and actually care for myself the way I would care for a child or something, you know, and that's a huge conversation that we can definitely get into another time, but I think it all ties together. Oh, yeah. Sweet. All right, thanks so much for doing this, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was great. That was awesome.